0: wow, the Bank of Canada just dropped a bomb today with its latest rate announcement. So let's unpack it for you here. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Russell Westcott podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge and skills that you need to start, grow and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams.
0: Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So I'm going to keep the intro really tight to today's episode and, and to be, if you're keeping track and on the scorecard at home, this episode is coming out not on the usual Tuesday. It's coming out on a Thursday night. You'll probably be receiving it on a Friday. But this past Wednesday... July the 13th, Bank of Canada just made an announcement where they raised the key prime interest rate number by 100 basis points, which I believe it was the largest increase since 1998. So that's an awful long time of that big of an increase. They're really front-loading this increase that they're talking about. So So... What I wanted to do is, there's a couple things. Um, I reached out to some people that are much smarter than I in this whole game, in this whole process, and I wanted to have a conversation with them. So, in this upcoming episode that you're going to hear, I have a conversation with Keaton Kirkwood with the Kirkwood Brennan Mortgage Group, and we unpack this and we talk about the upcoming increase. Most importantly, we talk about what real estate investors can do to help you navigate these turbulent waters. Okay, so make sure you stick around to the podcast. Um, There'll be more episodes upcoming. We'll be talking and diving deeper into it. I'm putting together an entire training and support materials for my inner circle community of investors to help them navigate these waters. You know, we're putting together, I'm putting together right now a presentation on optimizing Cash flow on how do you handle these uh, changing times of interest rates. I've been through um, interest rates as high as, you know, I think 7-8% or more. I, I remember very distinctly that a good portion of my portfolio was bought when Prime was at 6%. And just like a good, you know, pendulum, like a good ticking clock, interest rates go up. Interest rates go down, lending gets easy, lending gets difficult. I've seen them all in between. I have not been around since the 80s, and you'll hear some people talk about, well, I was around when interest rates were 18%. No, I was not around for that time, nor did I want to be (laughs) within the real estate game. But we're at a time where interest rates are on the upward trend again. Now, I share in this episode a little bit what I believe is going to happen in the future, Um, But that's just crystal ball stuff. But whether it's going to happen or not, we need to be prepared as real estate investors. And this conversation I have with Keaton um, helps us us take one of the first steps to being prepared. Okay, gang, um, with all that being said, let's just jump right into the episode. Please help me welcome Keaton Kirkwood. Kirkwood, how are you, my friend? First of all, I'm doing well. How's Alberta treating you?
1: It's been great. It's beautiful and sunny. A little bit of a mosquito problem we're dealing with right now, but can't complain. But today's been a bit of a whirlwind.
0: Construction and mosquitoes, that's what you get out in the prairies at times, don't you?
1: It is, but there's no rush hour, so I think it's worth it.
0: That's nice. Well, first and foremost, I know that there is an absolute big, giant breaking news item that we have to cover here. Breaking news about the Bank of Canada announcement. But before we talk about the breaking news, um, I always like to start off with something that's probably more important than business and more important than real estate and all the kind of stuff, even though it's hard to say that there's stuff more important in real estate. Wanted to just congratulate you on the uh, pregnancy of your second child on the way.
1: No, thanks. I am uh, excited and a little nervous. to have a little boy, so compliment the uh, daughter we have, but uh, it's exciting, and uh, I'm trying to get as much sleep as I can right now.
0: <laughs> Is it Carolyn or Caroline, your wife? Carolina. Carolina. Sorry. Sorry, pardon yeah. my I just wanted to check on the pronunciation. Um, so congratulations to you. Kids, kids are amazing, aren't they? Thank you. And and there's a lot of things that you and I can catch up on. And um, you just made a big, giant transition over to moving out of, you know, people rarely move from B.C. to Alberta. Usually it's people move from Alberta to B.C., but there's an awful lot of people moving from British Columbia and Ontario to Alberta. And I want to schedule you for another conversation for you and I to talk about that. Is that is that cool?
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I'd like to think about your the thought process behind the reason why you made that decision, um, how it's been going so far, a lot of those kind of things. And, and the other thing I want to talk to you about, too, is I think you're doing an amazing job on your social media with your writing, how you're posting into a lot of groups and how you're supporting a lot of people. I think you're just doing a, you know, pardon my language here for a second, guys, but you're doing a kick-ass job,
1: right? I really appreciate it. It means a lot. It's the goal, so...
0: Yeah, absolutely. But today, as I mentioned earlier, we have, you know, as, as uh, we have a breaking news item and that breaking news item is, is, is the Oilers signed Evander Kane for another f- four, four more years. And and that's the breaking news for people out in Edmonton. Is that not, is that not the, 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 true there, uh, Keaton?
1: I, I'm still getting caught up with the uh, local hockey lore, but uh <laughs>
0: I'll take your word for it. Well, or or if you're out in Vancouver, the Canucks signed uh, Brock Besser for another three more years. Or in Toronto, I guess if we're talking to Toronto people, they uh, they traded their goalie. So so it's free agent day. So that's what's most important, is it not?
1: Yeah, no. I, I've heard Calgary's had a little bit of bad luck. But that's where I left off today with the hockey
0: side. So. No, but guys, as you know, we're, we're all jest aside. We're talking about the Bank of Canada had its interest rate announcement that just came out today. It was a larger than uh, thought. Everybody was kind of predicting 75 basis points and it went up 100 basis points. So did the world end today? You know, that's what we're going to dive into a little bit deeper here is we're going to talk a little bit about the interest rate changes, how that impacts you. And most importantly, guys, uh, pay attention to this, to my, to the group. I'm going to provide some resources tomorrow for a deeper dive into maximizing cash flow, longer term perspective, somebody who's been through 6% uh, prime rate, environments and what to expect over a long-term period. And I'm going to give you some more tools and resources. But today, what we're really going to do here today is I want to get Keaton on here and I want to chat about the, um, the interest rate announcement and kind of what it means and what that, the impact will be. And we're going to talk from there. Okay, Keaton, I know there was a question in there somewhere, but what was the announcement today and how is that going to impact real estate investors?
1: But today felt a little bit like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. We, there was no secret that we were all expecting a rate increase. And the industry was arguing half percent, 75 basis points, half percent. And then, you know, one in 30 people would say one percent. And everybody would shoot that person away. But today we had a one percent increase to the Bank of Canada overnight lending rate, which means that adjustable rate, variable rate and line of, or HELOC home equity line of credit products are going to go up by an entire percent, which is a pretty big jump and i think a lot more than many people expected
0: now okay so you said something pretty pretty big there for starting point um now i'm going to put you on the spot and i it's okay if you don't have the exact numbers but um directional is fine now so this does not impact people that have free and clear houses is that correct absolutely this does not impact people that have fixed rate mortgages Absolutely. Between free and clear and fixed rate mortgages, do you know, ballpark, how many, like what percent of the population have variable adjustable rate kind of lending products? Do you know offhand?
1: I don't know the exact numbers. I know historically it was predominantly fixed, but over the last two years, I do know that more Canadians than ever before have driven towards adjustable and variable rate mortgages due to low prime and good discounts. So I don't know the exact numbers, but I know more than ever before.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's call it 30, 40%. Cause I think that, you know, it it varies. You know, at one time, I think it was like in the, in the, like a 4% rate that people were, were only getting adjustable rate, but it was now let's call it, let's say a quarter of the mortgage product out there is probably in some kind of adjustable that got impacted by today's um, interest rate announcement. Now, did your DMs blow up and did your Facebook feed blow up today? It's been a busy
1: day. I've been doing a lot of work to make sure that my clients kind of know these changes are happening because I'm really, really selfish and I didn't want to deal with today having no one having been warned. So I've been trying to put the signals out for a while, but yes, it was still a busy day. A lot of people are concerned and, uh, there's a lot of lost lambs wandering
0: around right now. Okay, so so let's let's provide a roadmap for people. Okay, so let's let's really just break down a little bit of math as a starting point. So 100 basis points, one full point. So what did Prime go from and to today?
1: So Prime went from 3.7 to 4.7 percent.
0: Okay, so it's at 4.7. Now, what is the differential in payment? Uh, from that full 100 basis points in general terms.
1: So it's about $52 a month. It's going to vary a little bit with your amortization, but about $52 per month per 100,000 you owe.
0: Okay. So if a person has a $300,000 outstanding line of credit or mortgage or something times 52, so they're looking at what is that like 150, 150? So it's a little
1: bit different. Lines yep. of credit. So the Payment increased on an amortized mortgage about $52. The interest increase is about $80. So lines of credit will go up about $80 a month as their interest only payments.
0: Okay. So, so for example, like I could totally, I have a lot of empathy for somebody that's maybe sitting in a, a variable rate mortgage and their down payment was financed through a line of credit. You potentially, you know, pardon the term, got a double whammy, if you will. <laughs> I could use a more graphic term, but let's go with double whammy. <laughs>
1: Rock in a hard place I have to say. Uh,
0: absolutely so so in essence, somebody potentially could have gotten a you know in in essence a couple hundred dollar change in payment here today ease quite easily
1: i have some clients that have experienced over a thousand dollar a month change from today
0: a thousand so they, bucks. definitely
1: there are some people particularly in the Vancouver and Ontario markets where this was a big change
0: wow so so that you know that's that's not um. That is very fundamental in people's budgetary concerns and things that people have to look for. It's not one of those ones, just close your eyes and la, 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 everything will be okay and everything is wonderful and all those kind of wonderful things. That is something that uh, really you need to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, I'm sure some people want to jam out to some Bob Marley right now and have a little bit of the BC experience, but (laughs) really, I think this is a time for awareness and being on top of things. You, so, you do not want to be flying blind in a market that's changing and shifting like today's. is.
0: So you're saying a little bit of BC bud will help uh, ease today's. I, I never
1: said such a thing, <laughs> Russell. Drew no, I,
0: I I didn't hear that at all. By the way, <laughs> well, it is legal now, right? So, right.
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Okay, so so here's the thing. So let, let's so it's happened. It's a change. It happened probably faster than more people were were aware of, but but to be honest, the Bank of Canada has been telling us this, haven't they, for a while? And they're probably not even done yet. Which, what's your thoughts on the future for potential rate increases?
1: I don't know what the future holds, in big picture, but I do believe that as rates rise, it's going to get more and more difficult to continue to increase rates. So, personally. I've been asking around some people that are smarter than myself and a little bit more of an educated background. The consensus seems to be that the Bank of Canada wanted to get ahead of the U.S. increase coming up and that likely this was very front-loaded and they're doing this so that they can slow the pace down, which while I really don't like the increases, I think it's a reasonable idea of let's just rip the band-aid off, get this over, and then we can slow down and let people have some stability.
0: Yeah, and and I that's what I'm telling a lot of people right now is, you know, it it impact, it happened. It was almost like a big giant band-aid being ripped off. It hurt. It's still hurting. Um but, you know, we're we're just take a big giant deep breath. We're not going to end the world is not going to end. Now let's exactly. <sighs> All together now, right? So so now it's time to just get to work, right? There's there's some things that we need to do as real estate investors to make sure that we're um shoring up the portfolio, that we're maximizing the revenue, we're decreasing expenses, and we're we're optimizing our in our mortgage products that we have in, you know, extended amortizations, blend and extends, um, revert back to original amortizations, lots of different stuff like that. So believe the, it or not. Oh, go ahead, please.
1: I was gonna say, believe it or not, I even have investor clients right now that have been because discounts are just abysmal right now on rental properties of some lenders. I've actually had clients taking interest only lines of credit on their rental properties, as the difference in rate can be as little as five to twenty five basis points right now. And they're maximizing their cash flow. Instead of paying principal down on their rental, they're taking the money and paying down the non-tax deductible debt on the residents. And kind of min-maxing things, and I think that this is the time where those who tinker with their portfolio and really adjust and stay aware of things will do far better through small incremental gains than those who kind of just set it and forget it.
0: Yeah, and and here's one of the things that I believe it's going to happen. Now, this is going to be more of an Alberta phenomenon. Those in Ontario and Alberta and BC and different markets, you can, you know, close your ears for a second, but. Um, The rental market is going crazy right now, too, Um, meaning rental rates are going up as it gets a little bit more expensive for people that are on the margin to buy houses. They're pulling back on the home purchase and they're renting. They're renting longer. They're renegotiating. I couldn't believe how many people I've had for rental inquiries right now that are looking for two and three year terms. You know, my answer obviously is no, but I haven't had people that many people ask for multiple year terms because they just want to. Walk in their pricing right now
1: I think now is definitely a time where stability is very desired and comes at a bit of a premium but it's if you can offer stability whether it's through rental product or through rates or as an investor um, I, I think that it's something people are seeking right now
0: no I totally agree and and I, I, I failed to give you an acknowledgement there and you actually dropped some fire there for a second so hang on a second. That tip that you shared, and obviously when a fire happens, we get bombs that get dropped all the time, my friend. Right. That tip that you shared right, about the tip you shared about potentially converting a product into an interest only in the short term right now, I think is absolutely golden. I never even actually thought about that. because um, right now, mortgage pay down, you know, cash flow is probably king, cash is king during of owning this. And you know, you can maybe forego a year you know, six months to a year, maybe 18 months of principal pay down while you're just kind of weathering this weathering this uh, interest rate increases.
1: Well, the big thing to remember is that your principal pay down in your rental property, while you see it as a negative number on the ledger from a cash flow perspective, the CRA doesn't. It's taxed. So there are tricks your accountant can do to offset it, but generally speaking, it's gonna be taxed as income. So I'm a big fan if you can instead of paying down the principal on your tax deductible debt and you can pay down the non-tax deductible debt, you get the best of both worlds.
0: Now, absolutely. Do you have any other tips and strategies and some gold that you're offering? Like, so if a client calls you up right now, all in a panic here today, Oh, Keaton, what's going on? The world is ending. Oh my goodness. And that, you know, that puppy dog breath, you know, what's going on? You know, what, what advice are you giving people? Yeah. What What, what advice are you giving to people right now? Uh,
1: the, the biggest thing I'm suggesting for people is to go through and do a comprehensive personal budget. I think it's really important. You need to understand your personal situation. Like I've got a little one coming, so I'm thinking about it a lot. But understanding what are the fixed costs you must spend to have your life the way you need it. Understanding, oh, I've got $1,600 a month that I can count on leftover. And then understanding what that means with your home and your investment properties from a rate perspective. You know, if you're destined for bankruptcy of five and a quarter percent, you want to make sure that you're looking at locking in or diversifying or restructuring before you hit that point. And I think a lot of investors make the mistake of they don't worry about it because buying investment properties is good. As long as it cash flows, it's good. But things change and we have to adapt.
0: Yeah. And what, what's your feel? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm going to put this out there publicly, uh, which I have, I've actually been saying this for a better part of three, four months now. Um, I believe interest rates are going to come back down again. Um, If not, not to maybe not this year, but I think they're going to come down next year. If, if we're going to enter into recessionary times, which a lot of people are saying we're either close to it or might be getting into it. Um, one of the reasons why the bank account is raising their rates so fast is that they have an ammunition that they could actually lower it again to stimulate and kick things, kick things going. Um, what, what's your forecast if you look into the crystal ball on that, on that topic? So
1: I don't even need the crystal ball for this one. I actually just threw a post up on Facebook about 10 minutes before we spoke. Bond yields have been dropping for the last 30 days. But surprise, surprise, banks haven't dropped rates. I wonder if it was in anticipation that the variable rates are going to go up. I think we're gonna see a lot of people locking in right now, like there's there's fear there's concern, there's a lot of uncertainty. People are going to lock in. We're already starting to see calls that the non bank lenders the monolines are going to be slashing fixed rates anywhere from twenty to fifty basis points. The banks haven't done it yet, so, so I wonder why that is, hmm. but you know I have a feeling that in the next week or two we may see fixed rates start to drop anyways
0: so it could be a very well and i'm i'm no I'm not. I'm not that smart enough to really make predictions, but it could be very well that the bank of Canada saw an exposure and having too many people in variable rate products. They're making variable rate, not look appealing. So they're going to fix, change the fix a little bit. And then all of a sudden people will just migrate over to the certainty and migrate back over to, to having that fixed payment. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle and Kumbaya. Yeah,
1: it's certainly one possibility. Um, The big thing to remember is that variable rates are driven by the Bank of Canada and the Bank of Canada is driven by the economy, inflation and monetary policy, whereas fixed rates are driven by five-year bond yields, which mostly speaking are the stock market and the market as a whole. So it's very private. And it's interesting to see that bond yields have been declining over the last 30 days. And I think part of that was the reaction of the market realizing, okay, hey, governments around the world are increasing their overnight lending rates. The market priced it in, but now they're kind of finding their norm. So I think this is going to be a period of time where there's going to be a lot of opportunity for people that are aware and lock in or go variable at the right times or keep their options open with an interest-only line of credit. Yep. Whereas it's also going to be a time for a lot of regrets when people make you know, kind of emotional or rash decisions just based on a friend said something or they saw a newspaper article.
0: Yeah. And one of the, the worst things you can potentially do right now is a knee-jerk reaction. Like seriously, like I've heard things from people that are who have houses that they've written offers on, and they're already you know three months into it, they wanna sell it already and they're and and people are are not taking a perspective of long term like honestly, when you got into this, you were thinking five, ten, fifteen years. And now three, six months into it, you're sitting there going, oh, I got I to sell it. It's just, you know, today it's not cash flowing anymore. It's now negative, right? That's, guys, a knee-jerk reaction will never get you anywhere, ever. I've
1: always said that if I'm going to pursue an investment strategy, personally, if I pitch that strategy in front of a movie theater, the dark night's out, it's full of just regular people, adults, and I pitch my strategy, the less regular people think that my idea is a good idea. Knowing that I know my stuff as a real estate investor and from a fundamental perspective, but the more the public goes, Ooh, didn't, didn't you see the newspaper? It's a bad time. Yep. The more excited I get. Yep. So personally, and I'm curious your opinion, Russell, I really, really think that there's going to be some deals out there. I just actually saw someone uh, snagged a property with a $750,000 vendor take back out in Ontario at a 3% rate. So like there's opportunity out there, guys. Yeah. Well, everybody else is, you know, running to the bomb shelter. I think it's worth at least keeping an eye open.
0: Yeah, the, certainly
1: not panic selling.
0: One hundred percent. The the thing that I I'm bringing everybody back to, just grounding everybody again, is yes, interest rates are changing. You know, we knew it was going to happen. It couldn't stay at zero forever. It couldn't. Like it had to change. Plus, also price increases and a lot of markets have been going astronomically straight up for for multi years, and that can't happen either. You have to have a breath, you have to, it has to change, it has to get back to a little bit of normalcy. There's a pendulum that swings back and forth, back and forth, right? Sometimes it's really favorable, sometimes it's a little bit scary, favorable, scary, like lots of different things. But here's what I tell people is the housing market is so much more than just interest rate and price. The housing market is actually underpinned by a lot of economic fundamentals, you know, GDP growth um, in migration, population changes, wage changes, infrastructure spending, political environments and areas, um, capital expenditures by companies coming in. There's a lot more things that drive a real estate market than just interest rates and price. If you're actually just looking at the price, you're actually looking at the tail end of it, right? You're looking at the tail and the tail should not wag the dog. If you will.
1: I personally always try to look at real estate investing like a business and you need to you need to think of it from the perspective that hey, you know, you you run a bakery, a real estate bakery, and flour was really really cheap for a period of time. There was, you know, a great harvest and you know, it was 20 cents on the dollar. When prices go back to normal from a long-term perspective, that doesn't mean that oh, close the bakery, life's over. And I think it's important that you look at your real estate portfolio like a business and make sure the fundamentals make sense and that it is still a viable business. But you have to accept that there's going to be good times, bad times in the in-between, and you're in it for the long run.
0: No, 100% agree. Um, With a quick pivot question here, um, and I think it was a couple months ago that you brought out just a wonderful article um, throughout the Facebook world about variable versus fixed. And um, I think you, the, the premise was on there that it had to be like 10 quarter point increases in order for it to make sense in order to um, to go fixed versus variable. Um, if you mm-hmm. were to re to write that article today, after today's announcement, um, how would you write that article today?
1: So the gap is definitely closed. So there's kind of two thoughts to this. One is that we need, one, they started doing bigger leaps. So there's been bigger jumps than quarter percent increases. Um, So roughly speaking, we're going to need to see somewhere between six and eight increases, depending on the frequency of a quarter percent, um, for costs to break even. But it's important to note that that's assuming it's sustained. What I wonder is, are we going to see rates increase, then decrease? The other thing you have to ask yourself is that, and, and I personally believe in this, The more they increase rates, the harder it will to further increase rates. I think we can all agree that there's some sort of breaking point in any real estate market that has debt, where if interest rates hit that certain level, there's gonna start to be a certain degree of damage. And as they rise beyond it, the damage will get worse. Um, So personally, I think that while many people are gonna be very scared of variable right now, I think it's more of variable as a choice today moving forward is still a reasonable consideration. And the fundamentals of the penalties are five to 10 times smaller are a huge component of it, particularly as a real estate investor. So I don't know about you, Russell, but uh, I tend not to sell my investment properties based on renewal dates, but more tenants, fundamental issues, whatever's going on with the market, not so much the renewal date.
0: No, um. I totally agree. And to be honest now, it's always hindsight's always 2020. 20. The best time to take the fixed rate would have been in like March, April, May, June of 2020 would have been the best time to take a fixed rate and lock in for five years. If you knew you were going to hang on for five years and you didn't have payout penalties, like some people I know locked in for like a buck 40 or buck 49 or one and a half percent type thing. Right. So, but, the only thing we can do is today, and what are the course of action today, I still believe variable is still the road to go, because it's going up, I have a feeling it's going to plateau for the next little while, we're going to get used to the new payment rate. And I think that there is a great chance that it can come back down again. But I'm not going to bank on that. I'm not going to hang my hat on that uh, forecast. But I have, a you know, dollars to donuts, I think it's going to come back down again. For
1: what it's worth, I've got two investment properties in my primary residence that I just bought. They're all variable. And I'd be a liar to say that I haven't thought about it. I haven't stressed about it. Today, you know, you better believe. I was like, I wish I would've taken fixed in February. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer you have to make the best decision you can based on the information you have at the time. And I know that it was the best decision I could have made at the time based on the information I had. Hindsight, sure. But we all know we should have bought Bitcoin nine years ago. It doesn't change the fact that at the time it maybe didn't make sense. So
0: Yeah, you can only operate and go forward with what you have to you know, with what you're presented today. Now the other thing you had mentioned um that I saw on one of your posts just recently was talking about you know the the mortgage balances are significantly different. You know the average mortgage in British Columbia and Ontario will be significantly different than the average mortgage in you know Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta and I think that's gonna make the you know affordability um um differential even greater again, and you know what we're probably gonna still see more people moving and migrating out to the prairie still. What's your thoughts on that?
1: I agree. It was one of the big factors. It wasn't the only one, but it was one of the big factors that led to me moving to Alberta was really trying to get a couple steps ahead mentally of what I think regular people are going to do. And it's a rock and hard place situation. If you own a home and you can't afford to own it, or you're you're considering selling and renting. Yeah. If you've got a lot of equity and you can sell and take hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. Maybe it's a viable choice, but Assuming that's not the case, renting certainly isn't a whole lot cheaper. And we as investors know because we look at the numbers, yeah, some markets don't cash flow super, super well, but they still, you know, we're not talking $5,000 differences here. We're talking it's four grand a month to rent, it's $4,800 a month to own. As an investor, we're not going to buy that, but four grand isn't a whole lot cheaper than 4,800. You're not saving a lot. Yeah. So I think we may see prices decline in some markets but we're going to see prices decline because costs rise which i think is going to put even more pressure on rents which is going to put even more pressure on renters which i think is going to put a lot of pressure on certain expensive markets
0: yeah you know? I, I agree and i'm you know you know just personally speaking here we were just crane and i the other night we we're having a conversation about you know with the kids and we're wondering about what the kids are going to get out and you know we have kids that are getting into adult kids and they desperately want to go out and be on their own right and they don't want to live in the basement forever and uh you know in some cases they actually even have the down payment sitting in the bank but then they sit there and go well geez a townhouse in our neighborhood and areas costs nine hundred thousand dollars to a million and they go well how even if we put a hundred thousand dollars down how are we going to afford a nine hundred thousand dollar mortgage so, so something yeah, has to know. give right
1: i uh as a family looking to try to get a home and you know we we compared the options we could get and for seven hundred thousand dollars, we found a house on 10 acres 12 minutes from the city from costco superstore it's there's a lot of options out there the moment you open up your mind and you consider other markets and i think that We're going to see a lot more of it because as people do it, it becomes a little more normal. It's a little more talked about and it is happening. I have dozens of clients that are making the move or considering making the move. And I've heard from dozens of realtors that they're getting more inquiries than they've ever had before. It's not just Alberta.
0: And are you born and raised British Columbian?
1: Yeah. I was born in Surrey, grew up in the Okanagan. Now I had a little bit of an insider's advantage. I moved to Alberta when I was 20 to work in oil and gas for a couple of years before moving back to Vancouver. So Unlike everybody telling me about the winters and to be worried, I uh, had experienced the winters before, yep. but um, yeah, BC is where all our family is. Like we left kind of everyone and everything, but it was the right choice for us.
0: Yep. And, and it just comes down to, you know, with today's technology. And I, I imagine wifi was probably one of the biggest concerns that you would have to have is because you need to have good Wi-Fi in order to do what we're doing. Plus also be a mortgage broker and you're, Clients are probably national. You have national base of clients, probably primarily out here in BC. But, uh, you know, you potentially open up a laptop and do this business anywhere in the world, really. No,
1: absolutely. It's uh, We got unlucky. We are in the gray area where we are too close to town for Starlink. And we are too far from town for really good internet. But th- there's options everywhere. Right. And uh, it's top of my list, though, was internet.
0: Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a good nerd Number one. yeah spoken like a good nerd right business business you know it just it needs to be what did they call edmonton's becoming a zoom town not cuz it's moving fast is it because that's where people go to do business and they do business on zoom that's what we're doing right now is having a conversation over zoom right now Absolutely. all right so so back to the mortgage thing uh so best advice you would be offering somebody here today? You know, it's the afternoon of the, of the rate increase. Um, if you're writing an article to go out again tomorrow, which you've been doing pretty much on a regular basis, what's, what's the next flavor and tone of the article and advice you're giving people?
1: My best advice is make your decisions slowly because it's very expensive to change course. And fortunately, bond yields are declining right now, which means there's a downward pressure on fixed rates. So it means that there's a week or two to take your time, take a breath, gauge the fallout, and then make like plan a course of action and execute on it. And don't just
0: act because some
1: people will, but I bet you a lot of those people will regret it.
0: Yeah, I love, I love that thought process is make your decision slowly, take a deep breath, make a pause. And and I'm going to add one thing to it. And I'm going to add is um, reach out to your community, reach out to support, reach out to people that have, Somebody, if somebody tells you they've been through a market that has 6% interest rates or even higher, they've been through these marketplaces, reach out, get the perspective from, from you know, the people with a little bit of the gray in the, in the, in the hair and people that are professionals like Keaton here that can steer you in the right direction. And just even that one tip you gave earlier could be an absolute uh, gold nugget for somebody about potentially just pivoting from, you know, a line of a mortgage variable rate mortgage into just maybe even interest only in the next little while. Plus, or there's a whole bunch of other mortgage tools in the, in the box as well. Um, I'll share one. Yeah, please, please do.
1: At the end of the day, as interest rates rise, the cost of your mortgage is gonna go up. If you can find the ability to make your mortgage tax deductible, you gain an increasing benefit as rates rise. And I assume that most of us are real estate investors. I'm not here to advocate, go start dumping your money in the stock market or go buy more properties, but look up the strategy cash damming. There's a way that you can take the gross rental income from your properties, pay down your non-tax deductible mortgage on your home, then re the expenses to cover your investment properties you're not taking on any new investment risk and you can create tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in tax deductible debt and reduce your non-tax deductible debt i had a client that i analyzed this for the other day your one you saved 900 bucks Year two was 1600 Year three was 3200 all the way up to ten thousand dollars a year after year i think it was nine um and then moving forward, he was going to save ten thousand dollars every single year, slowly declining as the balance fell down. Um, but it was a total savings of about one hundred eighty thousand dollars. So, Ooh.
0: well, I, I'm I'm sensing aware. I'm sensing another conversation for you and I, maybe a webinar to educate the the community and get that message out a little bit. And I know that you guys, you and. You know, Robinson Smith and the team of guys have been doing a lot of that and doing the, a really good job. But um, I'd love to introduce you guys out to my community as well, because I think there's a, a very big need for this as well. So, are you up for up for bringing a little more fire there on another another call, brother? I would love it.
1: It's always fun. Well, the only, amazing.
0: Only if you promise to bring a bomb or two. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Um. So. Where would somebody, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, reach out to you, where would somebody be able to, where do you, what's an email or a phone or a website? What's the best place to get a hold of you, Keaton?
1: Uh, You can find us at www.kbmortgages.ca or my email is Keaton, K-E-A-T-O-N, at kbmortgages.ca.
0: Perfect. Um, You can find me on
1: Facebook. I'm pretty friendly. Just add me.
0: Nice. And Send me a it,
1: message if you can, though. I get about 100 requests a day, so I try to screen through who actually wants to connect with me versus the bots. Nice. But um, <laughs> happy to help.
0: Oh, there's no bots? Isn't that... Didn't Elon Musk just determine there's no bots on Twitter? Or all that, all the beautiful
1: young women that are adding me and then sending me messages asking about how my day is going. I'm like, hmm. Then uh, the crypto pitch.
0: I don't, I don't even get that, so I must be doing something either right or wrong, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, anyways, so good. So I appreciate you shedding some light on this. So, so bottom line, everybody is, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, take a big, giant, deep breath. You know, don't make any rash decisions right now. You know, reach out to your experts and your professionals. And there are always options, always. Anything else you'd like to add before we sign off to here today, brother?
1: Yes. Um, Trigger points. So, some oh yeah, of I had discovered... an entire
0: question I wanted to talk about is adjustable rate and adjustable payment mortgages too. So you, you, trigger, you triggered a thought for me.
1: <laughs> so I'll take a step back then. We'll, we'll, we'll start at the foundation. Yeah, let's just rewind.
0: <laughs> we'll do a little rewind. That's my, my best impersonation of a rewind.
1: <laughs> so the industry makes a mistake, in my opinion, of calling variable rate mortgages. I want you to think of it as floating rate mortgages. There's three types. There's home equity lines of credit. There's variable rate mortgages and there's adjustable rate mortgages. I think we all know HELOCs, generally interest only. There's some rules about them. Uh, we all love them for down payments. The two I want to talk about are adjustable and variable rate mortgage. Now, adjustable rate mortgages, your payment fluctuates as rates rise and fall. So you stay on track for your amortization. When the interest cost goes up hundred bucks a month, your payment goes up hundred bucks a month. Pretty straightforward. It's good on your residence. It can be a little scary on a rental property. The variable rate mortgages, though, have, they're kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing. They have some benefits, but you have to be aware of how they work. So variable rate mortgages have a fixed payment. I want you to think of them as like a fixed payment variable mortgage. The interest costs rise and falls, but the amount of debt you pay down is going to move with it. So your payment is fixed at, let's say, $1,400 a month. We've seen, and in normal markets, it's great. Rates go up a little, go down a little, whatever, off you go. We've seen a lot of sudden increases. The government's kind of shocking the system and getting caught up. What happens is your payment is fixed. But if the interest rates rise quickly to the point that the interest exceeds your payment, there's something called a trigger point. It's almost as scary as it sounds. Trigger point is gonna be different from lender to lender, but the moment your payment ex- or the, moment the interest exceeds your payment, things start to happen. Some lenders will increase your payment $20 a month and you're right off into the sunset. Other lenders will say, hey, Halt, Russell, good news, bad news. You didn't cover the whole interest, so we're gonna change your payment. Yeah, we're gonna get you back on track to amortization, we're gonna adjust based on the interest rates, your payment goes at $1,200 a month overnight. So it's going to vary depending on the lender, the product, the mortgage. But it's important to be aware that if you're in a variable rate mortgage or something called a trigger point, and you're going to want to start asking questions, particularly if you got your variable mortgage when prime was 2.7 and you were getting those sexy rates in the 1% range, you need to be aware right now. You need to start making calls. It's not a panic thing. It's just realize that there could be some changes to your payment shortly and you probably want to get ahead of it and understand at what point these changes will kick in.
0: Yep. And I even heard something interesting that you mentioned that. I heard that um it was a bank that um, you know, color blue, I think the color blue, I'm not gonna say which bank, but um it was a client that actually had a line of credit and I think he had unused line he had unused money in the in the line of credit. And the blue bank contacted them up and said, "If you want to keep that line of credit access to it, we're raising your rate." So they literally almost (laughs) twisted his arm and said, "If you they they threatened to pull his line of credit if he didn't change his payment on his mortgage portion of it." And so his comment was, "Holy moly!" So. It was a little bit of a rock and a hard place where he said, he goes, you know, I access to the capital is more important than the price. And his payment went up, I think, close to 700 bucks a month.
1: I think an important thing to know is that the bank's not out to get you, but they're also not your friend. Like they're a financial institution. They're a business. The bank is going to do what's best for the bank. When you work with mobile specialists at the bank, they're bank employees. They have no obligation to do what's best for you they will do what's best for the bank. Now, hey, I'm not saying they're not good people. They're still going to try to help you, but they don't have a legal obligation and there's a different lens. Brokers are fiduciaries for their clients. We legally have to do what's best for our client, not for ourselves and not for the bank. And we have to be able to defend it in court. So it's important to kind of know who you're getting advice from.
0: Yep, Uh, 100%. And, you know, it's almost like we're, I don't want to end on a really big, giant, scary note for everybody. But but bottom line, guys, is, Um, some changes have happened. It's a little bit of some stormy weather. And gang, this is why we as real estate investors build up our resilience. And this is why we tackle tough things. And this is why when these things happen to say our investment partners, we take a leadership role, right? We get in front of it, we be proactive with it, we handle it, you know, margins will be compressed, but we find other ways and we pivot each and every one. So honest to goodness, you know, some people sit there and go, well, I just want it to be smooth sailing and I want it to be easy. No way. You know, you, you don't get to see what you're capable of when it, everything is just sunshine and roses. When things get a little bit bumpy and a little bit choppy is when you start earning your money and when you start earning your keep and everybody who's thinking that this is just going to be an easy game is gone and they're out the door and you're one of the last ones standing and you have the greatest opportunities when the sailing gets good and nice and and flat sailing again.
1: Well, I'll share this. It's something I've learned in the mortgage industry. I, I think as most of us know, there's been a lot of rule changes in the mortgage industry since the early 2010, 2011, Every single time there's been a rule change that has made things more difficult, more challenging, made my industry harder, and your job as an investor more difficult, we focused on adapting and overcoming and just accepting. It is what it is. It sucks. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to figure out what is the new best solution. Every single time it's happened, it's led to us getting busier. And I think the same is true with real estate investors. There are going to be those that are going to throw their hands up in despair and reminisce. But if we treat this like a business and we just accept it, okay, it sucks, but what do we do moving forward? And we treat this like a long-term thing and we just do the best we can, given any set of circumstances, you will do well, you will succeed, you will find opportunity and you will surpass the people that either just go la, 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 or those that just reminisce. Yep. It is Change. what it is. It sucks. but let's move on. The world's not over.
0: Change is an incredible opportunity and a little bit of amen and some fire to that, my brother. Oh, wrong button. How about this button? There we go. <laughs> uh, Keaton, well, it was good catching up with you. And you know what? You and I are, are due for another long form conversation. I want to get you back on the podcast and I want to get you out there and I want to tell a little bit of the deeper story. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, Deep story there that I think a lot of people need to hear and there's a there's a a pretty cool story uh, under there of uh, somebody who's overcome an awful lot throughout the years to become a you know, as successful professional and honest to goodness you, you you haven't even started to scratch the surface about what you have are about to come it's uh, for you you're you're the if you look under the iceberg analogy about what's underneath the surface about what's there that's that's you there's a it's a you have a lot of upside potential and i can't wait to see what your what's the next step for you my friend
1: I sincerely appreciate it,
0: Russell. Yeah. All right, guys, with all that being said, if you have any questions, leave it in the comments below. Uh, make sure if you are part of this uh, group, uh, ask your questions. More resources are coming. And also, uh, if you're on the YouTube channel, if you do see this eventually on a YouTube or podcast, leave a comment, leave a review, and by all means, please share it out. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Bye for now. All right, gang, so what did you think of today's episode? Now, I know it was, uh, what, we were about 40, 45 minutes. We dove deep into um, some of the the changes, but more importantly, the changes. You know, it it is what it is. It happened. It's done. Uh, What are you going to do about it is more important. And as I mentioned in the opening, um, I'm putting together additional training resources for my inner circle community and my inner circle clients So if you've ever would like to be part of the inner circle, uh, the inner circle of the exclusive um, content, the exclusive training, the exclusive uh, programs that I put out, if you're interested in um, finding out about all of those, the best place would be to go to my website. If you go to russellwestcott.com. All the information of the Raising Capital Academy is there, plus also if you're interested in some personal one-on-one coaching or if you're interested in some exclusive investment opportunities. Lots of information available for you there. Okay, game. Um, Like I said, this was a supplemental uh, episode uh, on a Thursday, Friday. And what we're going to do is we're going to be back to the next episode. We'll be coming out on Tuesday. So sure hope you enjoyed this preliminary conversation with much more details and information to follow. Okay, gang. And always remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.